Hello, and welcome to VergeCast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. I'm Nilay Patel, the owner of a small vodka company that you may have heard of. You know we're coming up. By the way, uh, Paul's here. Mm-hmm. Hello. Dieter's here. Well, Dieter's in San Francisco. Hi, Dieter. Hello. Hi, how's it going? Ashley Carmen's here. Hello. And her phone hey. case is more aggressive than ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's super Can furry. Did Dieter see this? That it is looks, insane. It, that, I don't know, man. I probably have like 10 furry. strains of swine flu on here right it's now. It's real bad. Um, <laughs> it's re- it's like a very furry, but it's like a furry carpet. Would you call that a carpet? It's like a blue. I, I would def- it's a shag rug It's like a very situation. 70s, mm-hmm. like aqua blue carpet vibe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a piece on it this weekend. Keep your eyes out. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what I was going to say, not to, your phone case is great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the LG G6, is, it's going to happen. Yeah. Right, it's it's that time, and the whole scissor vodka joke is because of the song "Like a G 6 Oh, wait! Please refresh me of the lyrics of, of "Like <laughs> well, a G." I re- you know the part I remember is where they say "Like, like a, a G six, but the the chorus is sipping scissor in my ride, and I always thought they were saying sipping scissor in my ride, and I assumed that there was a branded vodka placement, mm. but there isn't, but there should be. So LG, look, I don't know how you're doing in phones, LG. I don't know why I'm addressing you as a person Mm -hmm. because you're a gigantic corporation. But if anyone LG is listening to this, I think the G6 would be a huge success if you called me, you license the scissor vodka idea. Together we create Mm -hmm. scissor vodka and then we get the band Far East Movement to re-record like a G6. This would be great because when we do Vergecasts and we talk about LG, you'd have to do this little like Dieter style disclaimer, like, oh, by the way, yeah. LG used my vodka brand. And <laughs> but like, what is Far East Movement doing now? They can't. Have you heard a new Far East Movement no, song? No. So they're fine. They're like available. Mm-hmm. So they re-record like a G6. But instead of saying sipping scissor, they say sipping scissor. Mm. That ties Wait, back in. What's the original in. line? Sipping scissor. They, codeine. Oh, They're drinking s- codeine okay. in their <laughs> syrup. And okay. then they fly away. Scissor. For the Verge's 10th anniversary, yeah. we will get them for you. It's going to happen. And they will do this. Anyway, this is Verge Cast Cut Through the Night. Uh, any other Brando catchphrases I need to say at the top of the show? I mean, no, not at the top. I really like saying snip, snip. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to make that into a thing. Uh, but there were like G6 rumors. There's a reason the G6 as a phone popped up in my life this week. Because yeah. uh, they're, they're, bailing, they're bailing on modularity. Oh, right. That's it. Modular phones. And we're going to talk about modular phones because there, <clears throat> there was a big R piece this week. Uh, a bunch of Google stuff happened. A bunch of Andy Rubin stuff happened. We're going to talk about it later. I think we got to start. We got to start in the conflict zone. When you are listening to this, the day this comes out, mm-hmm. January 20th, uh-huh. we're recording on 19th. But by the time you listen to this, it'll be the 20th in mm-hmm. your car or wherever you are. It's Inauguration Day, Trump Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So there's a bunch of Trump news in the air. There's, people are getting a confirmation hearings. They're very controversial. But I want to focus on the one thing that Trump keeps saying that like directly connects to what we do here, which is he keeps insisting that he's going to get Apple to build the iPhone in, this, in the United States. Mm. Uh, so he just did this interview pull up the quote here the quote is a little it's a little strange because it uh style trump yeah he so he met with axios the Mm. the, it's a new the people from politico left politico started a new media company called axios um he met with them and he says tim cook has his eyes open to moving production in the united states 
and that he, and this was hard to parse, so this is what we assume he meant. He, quote, really believes Tim Cook loves this country, and I think he'd like to do something major here. So the first part of that sentence is great, because it reaffirms that Tim Cook is a patriot mm-hmm. and not like a traitor. Right. So <laughs> Cook is probably happy about that. Mm-hmm. He, you know, Trump looked into his eyes and I mean, he's like a fan of like Auburn football. I think he's, you know, hardcore American, but I think he'd like to do something major here. This is definitely not like the first time he said this. Mm. Yeah. How does he keep this promise? Like of all of the promises he's made, this is, I think the one that a is most squarely in the tech zone because it's, his whole thing is manufacturing in the United States. So he's, all the car companies are going to manufacture all the cars here. But really the move is moving, right? Like Apple's the biggest company in the world. But is he promising this or does he just really want this to happen? Yeah. Are you getting the vibe? I don't feel like I've been promised by Donald Trump that he'll get the uh, the iPhone. Uh, he's made some pretty well, like firm statements that are like, Apple's going to do this. In the beginning, during the election season, he was saying... They're going to bring their hardware or whatever his crazy quote was about their computers back to America. But so Apple's line back then, uh, and it's actually consistent all the way to now, isn't that the salaries cost are are too much. Uh, It's actually that there isn't enough sort of mid-level engineers. There aren't enough people with just like vocational training to do like the work it's not like it's not straight up just hiring factory workers for really cheap it's there just aren't enough mid-level engineers and people that have right. the right proper and vocational Steve training Tr- to do it and and actually cook when he met with trump and uh, they had that you know insane round table uh where trump held peter Thiel's hand um awkwardly <laughs> um just um, every time we mention that we have to mention the awkward hand holding um and the, the he actually, that was death stare yeah that was the issue that Tim Cook reportedly brought up. Was and it's the issue training. that Steve Jobs brought up to Obama way back when, right? We, I can move all the factories here, but we have, I need 30,000 mid-level engineers, like engineering management personnel to staff them. So it's really hard. The other thing Apple always says, and this is fair-ish, is that the glass is made by Corning in the United States. A bunch of like the internal processors are made around here. There's all kinds of like components that get made in America, shipped to China, and assembled into the iPhone. I'm just, to me, this is the one where if this administration is going to be so focused on manufacturing in America, which is, I mean, they want to manufacture a wall. Mm. Like literally everything is about building something huge. This is the one place in the tech industry where you can point to it and say, this is a, one of the richest companies in the world, one of the, certainly the most valuable company in the world. They manufacture billions of things. You should manufacture more of them in America. And right now, not for nothing, Trump is, you know, he's warmer towards Russia and very cool towards China. And Apple does a shit ton of business in China. All of their growth is in China. Hmm. So, well, I I, I wouldn't call it a problem. Is he promising it? But it's all of the lines of his rhetoric Uh point towards the fact that Apple builds all of their stuff in China and sells an ever-growing percentage of their stuff in China mm. is problems that Apple will run face-first into. They're pro- challenges. I don't know. Problems. Like, what, And this is something that I, I, as a Trump supporter, 
some of his rhetoric about how we're going to make it hard for company to do X, like the the stick part of yeah. his j- bring jobs back, mm-hmm. like the uh, is not as exciting to me as the the carrot part, which would be reducing regulation, uh, reducing. Um, you just have to like make it easier to start and run and staff a company. And there's a lot of red tape. But that Apple makes has that started really and run difficult. and staffed. It's just most of their staff trained, born mm-hmm. first, then trained and educated, and then working in China. Right. And not even for Apple, for Foxconn. Well, when Foxconn is a, a Taiwanese. Yeah. It, there's obviously a reason why it's better to like if if you read the times piece about the crazy machinations that like china makes these like weird like non china areas of china mm-hmm. and like has these like weird stamp- economic zones right hong yeah. kong is one shenzhen is one then they have different sets of regulations and then they have these like weird custom offices customs offices so that like they like pretend to export and then reimport like the actual iphones to sell mm-hmm. them in, in China. there's like all sorts of weird stuff that they do to cut through the red tape of China even to produce there. I think there's a lot of red tape that makes it really hard to manufacture yeah. in the U.S. And the one, and this is somewhat unrelated, but the one thing Apple does build here is the Mac Pro. There's a lot of noise around the Mac Pro, right? You are, you are not allowed to say the Mac Pro without saying womp womp. I think, to be honest, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's very fair. The Mac Pro, womp womp. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of noise about why the Mac isn't going to update it. Who knows what the real reason is, but some of the noise is that they made such a complicated tooling for it that they can't actually update it without doing even more complicated tooling and more complicated design work. And that's harder in the United States than it would be in China. Mm-hmm. So that, I think it was Bloomberg Dieter that re- that had that. Like, yeah, uh, I think you're right. Uh, it was they they could update the Mac Pro faster if they moved it to China, but they don't want to take the optics hit of moving it, mm-hmm. especially in this administration. So I don't want to dwell too much on D Trump, mm-hmm. as I'm calling him. I believe that would be his Xbox username. D Trump. <laughs> D Trump 2020. Is there, is there a, underscore D underscore yeah, Trump? Yeah, D Trump. Okay. Uh, I don't want to dwell too much on it. Uh, Walt and I talked about Trump at length uncontrolledly, so you can listen to that. There's lots of things. This is just in the news now, and I think it's going to be a story. I don't think he's going to stop saying it. Mm-hmm. And I think Apple right. is going to have to contend with the fact that they make their stuff in China. I think what what's uh, up in the air for me is, he's is he going to make it harder for Apple because they will continue to make stuff in China or is he going to somehow sweeten the deal? Does he even have the so ability good, to make it so easy to produce in the U.S. that China, the Apple will be like, yes, this is so, great. Right. There's a good outcome here, mm. or a potentially good outcome, where the Trump administration decides it's going to invest billions of dollars into mid-level engineering training programs. And this country produces 30,000 mid-level engineers. And then Apple's like, they're here. Mm. <laughs> well, thank you. And they're like, scoop them all up and put them in a factory and they start making iPhones tomorrow. Mm. I don't know. I don't see that happening. But th- that's what that's the necessary condition. It's not taxes are lower. It's not give us incentives. It's not right. What, what both well, Steve Jobs and Tim Cook have said are we could do the stuff here. There are, the employees are not available to us. Mm. So where are the employees going to come but from? But ultimately, no matter what, it's going to come down to a cost thing. 
Yeah, the cost of like training the employees, right? It's cost, but it's also like it's not strictly the cost because like they don't exist, and the cost of Apple training all those things are pretty astronomical. So it's it's not just well, it costs more to do it here, so they won't do it even if the engineers are here. They just Apple's claim is that because of the mid-level engineer thing, and also, frankly, because of, like, the supply chains are just all there. Like, the infrastructure is there. They could just pop it up, and all the parts are nearby. Yeah, um, I mean, you can go into a coffee shop in Shenzhen, and they will assemble you an iPhone clone. Sure. Ben yeah. Popper did this. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have such a phone in this office, right? You can't do that here. So, I, the, you're right. All problems, ultimately, are just cost. Mm. Right, like if I really want that scissor vodka ad to happen, I could probably pay Far East Movement. And and companies have made You're phones. Just letting that ride. <laughs> Absolutely. Fine. Snip snip. <laughs> companies have made phones. Motorola made a phone in the U.S. Yeah, didn't work out great for them. Uh, you know, companies do create technology products in the U.S. It's not impossible. It's just typically not uh, the right economic decision for that company. And, right. and also possibly they can't get the quality. Right. Without that training. So, but the cost to like just focus on co- the cost is a long cost, right? Yes. It's a it's a cost over time. You've got to find a bunch of people who want to be trained for this job. You've got to train them, mm-hmm. which presumably takes a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. You've got to build a factory and put the move them all to the area around the factory. Mm-hmm. Like it's not we're just going to pay the money and build the factory, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a very human cost, and so if Apple as a company commits to that, they're going to want maybe, like you said, not a stick, but a carrot to do it. And the Trump administration is going to have to pay for that. And yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the more interesting question to me is like, does, is there, is there, what is the reason that he keeps bringing it up? Is it because he actually hopes that that this is going to happen, that we're going to start building the factories here? Or is it that he wants to have this rhetoric as a stick for some other you know, motivation, some other end. He wants to be able to draw a harder deal on like uh, repatriation of money from Ireland. And well, you you're not doing the factory that I keep asking for, right. so we're not going to give you quite as good a we'll, deal. We'll on let this you thing move all your whatever. offshore money back to the states, but you got to spend it on training programs and factory development. Like, right, all potential and potentially good outcomes, but they're all outcomes that currently Apple is not organized around. And so, like. Right. When you're listening to this, the inauguration will happen. Donald Trump will, have been, will be our president, will have been our president, will have tense issues. We'll have president. Be being our president. <laughs> He'll have future perfected our president. Mm. Uh, but I think he's not going to stop saying it. Like the most important product made by an American company that affects everyone in our culture is this phone. Mm. Right. The, that's the, 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 re, and I, you can, I'm sure smart people argue with me about that, but it's the reason The Verge exists and we talk about technology and culture is these phones. Mm. So he can't look at September will come and the iPhone 10 will come out and it will be the biggest moment across the culture. Like it always is. And it's going to be made in China. And like it's some reaction. the iPhone 10 now? I'm just calling it the iPhone 10. Interesting. That's the 10th iPhone. Why? Oh. Uh, that's me. By the way, that's not a real thing. I don't know how I feel about Tim that. Tim Cook didn't call me on the phone and be like, <laughs> let's talk about SEC football, and also it's called the iPhone 10. Although that would be a fun Tim Cook, huge yeah. Vergecast listener. But, but I also would say he's created this, this – um, he's created this environment where 
who could possibly expect Apple to move manufacturing to the U.S. within five years, right? right? He's created this environment that if they do it in the next decade, yeah, everybody praises Trump for it, whether they were going to do it or not. Yeah. He's we'll kind see. of created this narrative of any time a company these days says it's going to invest in a fund for something or it's going to expand or it's going to build something yeah. in the U.S., it's all credited to Trump. He's created this wild narrative of I think this. I would more credit Trump if enough engineers were educated here. I wouldn't be applauding him for bringing the iPhone back to the U.S. I would applaud him for educating people. Yeah. to the level that they're able to create an iPhone. I hope that that's the way this goes, right? Yeah. We put more money into science and engineering yeah. education, STEM education. That's a good outcome. But it's 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 the I, I just think it's the 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 first place the big tech industry explosion with Trump will come is not net neutrality. Like those things are expected. We kind of know the shape of how they'll go. Trump is going to dismantle the FCC. Like that's basically what his people have proposed. I need to write that piece. I've got all the notes to do it. I think this one is, it's so hard that if he keeps saying it, eventually he's going to be motivated to deliver it. Anyway, let's stick on this government tip, all right. shall we? <laughs> okay. The FTC, mm-hmm. Obama's FTC. Mm-hmm. Not when you're listening to this. By the way, all of, all of Obama's uh, like little, uh, you know, administrations all the divisions are definitely doing like mic drops on their way out the door like the F- yeah. we're not going to talk about it too much like the fcc like wheeler fcc chair wheeler is just like throwing out last minute bombs and then walking out the door yeah it's yeah. a good anyway. move it's, yeah. it's, it's the end of their era the is fcc that, is that respect respectable is no that professional yeah, that's of them? what you do that's what you do what why not? You have power. Use it. <laughs> this is why I want a smaller government. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Continue, well, please. Uh, so I think this one's really interesting. Um, we have talked in the show for, I don't know, the entire time it's existed about Qualcomm. The FCC sued Qualcomm uh, and said it's used its monopoly on LTE chips to force out all of its competitors. Mm. Most, and that's the lawsuit is very complicated, but basically uh, the thrust of it is... Qualcomm has most of the patents on LTE, and they would say to you, Mr. Samsung, Mm -hmm. if you want to make an LTE phone, it's fine if you use somebody else's modems, but they won't be able to make enough. Mm -hmm. So you got to pay us a license and use our chips. And if you don't, if you use somebody else's chips, you still have to pay us the royalty on the patent for their chip. Okay, so So it effectively increases the price of everyone else's chips compared to Qualcomm. And Qualcomm is the only company that makes them at scale, so you have to get chips from Qualcomm. I haven't read deeply on this, yeah. but correct me if I'm wrong. I thought the whole point of if you have a patent mm-hmm. that you are required to, or, or in most cases, like license it out at a reasonable rate. Fran patents. Ooh, we're going to talk Fran, about this a lot. It's Fran time. So I can't, oh, es- I can't escape this phrase mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Fran. Fair, reasonable, non-discriminatory license term. So if Fran. you, Fran. if you, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about friend patents on the show. So, so the entire Apple, Samsung, Nokia. Motorola patent lawsuit landscape right. was about Frand patents. Okay. So Apple sues Samsung and says, you copy the design of the iPhone. Samsung sues Apple back and says, you, part, you use these chips. Apple's response is, well, you have to license your patents to us because your chips are part of standards. Our design is not part of standards, so we don't have to license shit to you. That was basically the, the push and pull of the Apple-Samsung patent case. And I once asked uh, Tim Cook... At the code conference directly when he was on stage, 
Why the hell is this lawsuit still going? And he had no answers until he settled on, we wanted to make the friend environment more consistent. And I was like, that, that is a bad answer, Tim. Mm, and it's yeah. a, I wrote that later in a post. Okay. Anyway. So does friend not apply here? So friend applies. Okay. FTC says in the first, in the first claim, they set rates higher, not fair, reasonable, non-discriminatory rates. Okay. So they set bad rates that were not friend. They weren't friendly. Right. Right. <laughs> the second part, God, snow nerdy. Second part is something called patent exhaustion, uh -huh. which is if you make the chip, <laughs> which I get all the time. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so if you if you make the chip, if I don't know whoever else makes the chip, Broadcom makes the chip. Mm -hmm. They have to license the patents to make the chip, and so that's it. That's it. That's all the money you get. Right. And then when they sell it to ZTE, ZTE doesn't have to pay the license because they already one patent royalty was already delivered. Okay. So you exhaust your patents when you collect that first royalty. Uh, okay. Qualcomm's move was to say, you can't have our chips unless you sign a royalty agreement with us that says you're going to pay royalties on their chips too. Sounds kind of like extortion. It's a little bit of double dipping because A, Qualcomm made all the chips. Mm. B, they were getting paid twice. So that's the whole complaint. Qualcomm obviously says all this is bullshit. In this complaint, Apple mentioned many times prominently, because they make so many phones, Qualcomm paid Apple. They excused them from these royalty fees if they agreed to never make a WiMAX iPhone. So they, they didn't just pay Apple as took less money from Apple. Right. But like right. they pay, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, Apple had more money than it would otherwise. Yeah. Um, so in order to not make a WiMAX iPhone, which is my favorite part. Yeah. So, Paul, you remember WiMAX. Yeah. <laughs> they made a bunch of garbage WiMAX phones that failed. This is like the smartest deal of all time for Apple. They're like, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we agree not to do this stupid thing. <laughs> WiMAX was ahead of its time. <laughs> well, so the other interesting thing about the case is the, the FTC is basically saying, hey, Apple is the specialist special flower in the tech industry. And by uh, making special deals with Apple and by changing Apple the way Apple does things, you have therefore changed the entire industry. Uh, so like part of their whole case against Qualcomm is uh, Apple is uh, a unique snowflake and whatever Apple does, everybody else is going to do. And because Qualcomm did whatever it needed to do in order to keep its Apple business, it ended up pushing Intel and everybody else out. Yeah. I, it's only of interest because, A, I think the idea of a gigantic, thick, massive, like, massive battery WiMAX iPhone is, like, all of those WiMAX phones are huge. There was never a small yeah. one. So I think that's hilarious. And then I, I also think it was never a given that LTE would just win, right? Like, Sprint was way out in 4G first. If Apple was able to make a small WiMAX phone, Sprint might have survived instead of being a garbage fire that it is like right now. I feel like LTE had like much more. It was part of the. It was called long-term evolution. It was part of the. Yeah. It was part of the club. It was like the thing that was going to happen in Europe. Yeah. But like half of the networks in America were CDMA and half of them were GSM, and that had nothing to do with Europe. Right. Besides, Trump's America now. Europe is stupid. <laughs> I don't care what they do. Uh, so now what happens? They go to court? They're going to court. And so it's uh, this is another thing, right? The one Republican commissioner at the FTC who voted against it says, I think this lawsuit is stupid. The FTC, FTC now has a lawsuit in the works that the administration might be against. 
because the Democrats are moving on. So we'll see. I think it's fascinating. Um, Qualcomm, I didn't know this. Qualcomm makes more money licensing its patents than it does making making chips, which is not bad because they invent a bunch of stuff. So that's fine. Well, and they're not in Samsung phones or Apple phones typically. Oh, they're in a ton of oh Qualcomm. The is. Modems. Yeah, of course this is all about the modems. It's yeah. not about the processors. Right. Oh, right, right so right, they're right. they're in a bunch of Apple. That's true. Intel is in Apple phones now in the iPhone Seven, but only half of them. Uh, I think Qualcomm. Qual- it's much easier to have a Qualcomm processor and Qualcomm modem unless you're elsewhere in the world. And elsewhere in the world, LTE penetration is low, which is why Samsung ships Qualcomm processors in the states and does its own Exynos processors elsewhere in the world. Hmm. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, last government story, and then we're gonna we're gonna do fun stuff after this ad. Then can we play the I'm just a bill video? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Dieter's disclosure, Dieter's wife works for Oculus, and Oculus yeah. is on trial this week. Yes. Uh, and I own a small vodka company, and I'm angling for a deal from LG around the uh, LG G6. Can, can I can I try to set this up a Ashley, little bit? Ashley, do you have anything you need to disclose? <laughs> I have a furry phone case okay. that could make that's, me biased toward definitely. other furry phone cases. <laughs> you just, you've got a bias towards Muppets. Yeah. That's, that thing looks like a Muppet. <laughs> Can I set this yeah. up from what I think happened? Yeah. Because I don't know all the details. No um, one does. That's why we're in court. There's a guy named John Carmack who made a lot of great video games and yeah. his company, id Software, got bought by a bigger company because that happens with yeah. game publishing. Bigger company, terrible name. Zenimax. Zenimax. Which you possibly would see that logo in the credits of a video game, but you always skip those credits. Anyways. Yeah. Zenimax sounds like a low-rent rapper. What's up? It, I'm Zenimax. It's, it sounds, sounds like, like they manufacture VHS tapes. Yeah, yeah. it's like the sequel to Betamax yeah. or like a, yeah. a Betamax knockoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to make a character that's like Zenimax. Anyway, keep going. John Carmack is, is, is I mean, I've literally written an essay about how much I love John Carmack. Yeah. He's just the best nerd. He just saw, like, someone was, like, making, like, a, a iPhone port of the Doom, and they mm-hmm. were doing a shitty job. So he's like, okay, I'll learn how to program yeah. iPhones from scratch, and made, like, this perfect port of, of Doom for iPhone. He's a, a genius programmer, and he's always trying new things. He start, started a rocket company. Like, he's just obsessed with solving new problems. And he gets into VR. He's talking with this kid, Palmer Lucky, sharing ideas and 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 resources and possibly intellectual property owned by <laughs> Zenimax. Yeah. Possibly the code to Doom Three and the trade secrets behind it. But the what what this is what's at issue in the trial. And then eventually, Palmer Lucky hires John Carmack, and mm-hmm. John Carmack is at Zenimax or is at Oculus now. Not at Cinemax. And then Facebook buys Oculus for $2 billion. And the, the thing is, is is this whole thing, and, and, and so Cinemax is suing Facebook for- $2 IP. billion. It's a lot of money. But Literally the purchase but, price of Oculus. But they, I feel like what they're actually, they're not suing them for intellectual property. They're suing them for the mind of John Carmack. It's like John Carmack was really smart and he was here and he was doing stuff for us. And now that you have him, he's really smart for you. And that yeah. makes us sad. I think that's part. I mean, so if the, I lost John Carmack, I'd be mad. So the, 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 Would you the be two billion Max dollars narrative. Mad? I'd be $2 billion. When you mad put in sure. that tape, that VHS tape labeled Zenny Max, the right. picture of Zenny on the front, uh-huh. and you're expecting an adventure <laughs> story about a guy who gets sucked into a video game, 
which is absolutely what that movie would be about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what you instead get is a sad tale of woe from ZeniMax. It's like John Carmack saw Palmer Lucky at E3. He helped him make a version of Doom 3 that ran on the Oculus. Uh, Lucky showed it to a bunch of people using our code illegally because that belongs to us. And Carmack helped him make the Rift better using our proprietary trade secrets and information. Mm. The Rift wouldn't exist Car without... Carmack thoughts. Yeah. And Carmack worked for that company. So right. like, technically his work product belongs to that company. Mm. If not for Carmack's help, the Rift would have never been good. Mm. Palmer Lucky would have never made, been able to make Oculus. I mean, our first demo of Oculus yeah. type technology was given to us by John Carmack in John Carmack's office. Yep. At Cinemax. Yep. Was it Doom 3? We have this video. I don't I don't believe so. I don't remember. But our first demo of the Rift headset was Palmer Lucky showing up at our trailer at CES. Just like knocking on the door, being like, hey, you want to see this thing? It was ridiculous. The first game I played on it was Unreal Tournament. It wasn't Doom 3. Well. But I was late to the party. Yeah. Anyhow. Valve was also sharing its stuff at the time. They're just not. Yeah, now they have their own thing. They have their own thing, and they <laughs> decided not to sue. But it was uh, like a big happy family. We were discovering yeah, it was VR together. A kid on a message board was like, I made this headset. Can anyone help? And John Carmack was like, why, yes, I do read this message board. <laughs> right? And like, what's happening now is ZeniMax is saying, if not for John stop Carmack. Stop reading message boards. Stop reading message boards. Oh, sorry. Stop, <laughs> stop lurking. Uh, <laughs> if not for John Carmack, the Rift would have never existed. You sold your company to Facebook for $2 billion, and what we deserve out of that is all of it. That's actually the piece that gets me. They're not asking for, like, $100 million or whatever value they think of Carmack's time. They're literally asking for the entire purchase price of Oculus. I think that, I don't know, I, we're not at the trial, like, I don't know what they're, I think that is so ludicrous, but it's happening. Palmer Lucky hasn't been seen since he got caught. Paying for like Reddit trolls to shitpost about well, Trump. Apparently, he was at this trial. He was. He testified yeah. yesterday. Zuckerberg testified. Zuckerberg, classic. You know, Zuckerberg's on this kick right now. He's like twelve people monitoring his Facebook page. He's like basically delivering stuff. Everybody's saying Zuckerberg's running for president. Is no, that true? Like, his Zuck's <laughs> Facebook page right now is like, I've traveled all across this great land. I mm. met a mother who needed health care. I met. A young woman in Arkansas who had just coded her first video game, and I thought, we need to, in like, that's He's his, investing in Hawaii. That's his Facebook <laughs> oh, persona right now. The Hawaii now. thing is hilarious. And, like, basically, the Zuck from the social network showed up at this trial and was like, I don't know, our lawyers are pretty smart. What do you th we're fine. And, like, that's his whole vibe. One of the things that came up at the trial is that they kind of moved pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah, they saw the thing and they bought it. They move fast and broke things. Yeah. Like, ultimately, they could just pay the $2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you can just shut up. I mean, I, they have John Carmack. Yeah, they got John They Carmack. win. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> it's like, you don't get to make another Doom because we have John. Anyhow, lots of stuff happening on the government side. Although Doom 3, game of the year, Polygon.com. Not yeah. sure how I feel about that. In a world where Overwatch exists, not sure how I feel about that, Polygon.com. If you're listening, stupid mainstream media. <laughs> I hate the mainstream media so bad. <laughs> right. I'm gonna read this advertisement. Okay. Today's episode of the Vergecast is brought to you by Crizal No Glare Lenses. Yes, it's true. 
Crizal no glare lenses. If you wear glasses, then you know that fingerprints, smudges, scratches, and glares can be a constant obstruction in your vision, a huge distraction. Sometimes you end up focusing more on what's on your glasses than what's going on around you. That's why I love Crizal no glare lenses. They give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to glares, scratches, and smudges. I love them. That means no more blinding glares from the headlights of oncoming traffic while driving at night, Paul. That means no more fingerprint smudges from taking your glasses on and off or scratches from cleaning the lenses on your shirt, Ashley. <laughs> and Dieter, because Crizal no-glare lenses stay clear and reduce distracting glare, your friends and family can actually see your eyes. Oh, wow. Look how nasty my lenses are. Look better, feel better, and most importantly, be prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision. Go! To Crizal.com to learn more. That's C R I Z A L dot com. Start living life in the clear. A lot of hooks in that ad. A lot of real hooky lines. My glasses are like looking through scotch tape that you like ripped yeah, up mine off are the pretty ca- bad carpet. Too. Well, you should get some of these no glare lenses. Is Crizal.com. Paul. Mm hmm. Every week, yeah, you do a segment. We always do this at the exact same time every and week. And we never forget never weeks. No, I moved it. Happens. Yeah. Here's a little. Here's a little inside baseball. I moved it from one part of the rundown to another, so I'd remember it every week. I don't think that's true. I think it always happens right now. Yeah, just like this. Next doc, <laughs> who made? Wait, like, what's it called? What's your segment called? <laughs> oh, uh, well, you know, you know. Every week, it's called. <laughs> Put this computer in that computer. <laughs> um, Next Doc made a, I don't even know if they shipped it. They made a, a folio basically a, a little while back with like where you plug an Android phone into this empty shell that is a laptop with a keyboard and a screen. Yeah. And now you have a computer that's powered by the computer power of your Android phone. Well, at CES, Intel announced this weird. A little credit card PC, right? Yeah, the computer. Yeah card and Intel just wants you to commute, compute in different shapes. Last year was the stick. Yeah, yeah they had yeah. a stick. Next year the compute well, donut. And also they have the NUC. <laughs> compute nut. The, the NUC is the next unit of computing. N-U-C. Uh, the NUC. It's like basically, cube? Yeah, the cubes. Like the Mac Mini shape computers like are based on the Intel NUC. Yeah. Um, yeah this cube, is the compute card. The card. Uh, which has like Wi-Fi and the processor and the RAM, all the computer stuff built in, but no battery, no screen, no input methods. And it's meant to slide into another device to make a computer out of it. And NextDoc is like, hey, that's what we want to do. So they made a computer with two slots. One slot is for the compute card. I have no idea if they're going to ship this. It's like a tablet (laughs) that might also have a keyboard. It's all renders right now. But one slot is for the compute card. The other slot is for this thing that could be ports or it could be an extra battery. There's like three different things that you can swap in. So it's basically like an an old power book. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's the dream. That was my first laptop. Yeah. PowerBook 500, right? Mine was the PowerBook Pismo, which was the the second G3 PowerBook. I had a Main Street. I'll go head to head on PowerBook oh, code names, bro. Main Street. Uh, Ashley, do you have a gadget segment? Do you have uh, a, what what caught your fancy this week? There was like no gadgets this week. It was a slow. What well, CES just happened? Yeah, everyone showed us their stuff at CES, but uh, at CES I got to finally, after all of these months, try out the smart duvet. Oh my god! Did oh my you god. wait? How did it go? <laughs> Ashley, um, does, I've noticed you, you've covered a lot of bedding. 
I'm very into sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot of a lot of pillows and blankets. I've, I discovered a lot of sleep tech at CES. <laughs> just wait. Um, it actually worked. Literally, it's just an air mattress. Wait, what does it mean by it actually worked? <laughs> the smart duvet it it like you and kept you warm. So essentially, how what it wait? Well, it's a duvet or an air mattress. It's a duvet. So what you do? But you just said it was. Okay. Okay. Wait for it. All right. Well, it fills with air, uh, and that's how. So if it's crumpled up, it just inflates, and, now and your then bed you have a bed made, made because unquote. it's spread out. So okay. it, it has like. <laughs> Like air pockets around the edges of it, and well, like so they told me the that when it bed. launches, it'll have like yeah, like little air holes, so that when you get home, the idea is you do this when you're not home. So then by the time you get home, it's all deflated, and you don't even know it's there. Where 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 did you put the duvet over it, a cover over it? You okay, and you push the button, it's like a bed yeah, is arrived. Exactly, and then you like leave, and you right. push the button, you come home, and you're like, where's my bed? No, 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 no. opposite of that. No. You you're done sleeping, and it's all messy, right? Mm -hmm. Well, who has time in this 2017 yeah. fast-paced life to make your bed? I got to go to mid-level engineer training. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So do you push a button or is it an app? Or I'm, I'm You could do it over an app or there is a literal if it, was, if it was just like a switch on a compressor, like that doesn't count. And then it inflates. So it inflates. <laughs> And by inflating, it becomes it covers your whole bed, and exactly. so now your bed is made. But then you're saying the air goes out of it, right? After so they that? have slight pinholes that over, like as the day goes on, the air will come out of it. So when you get home, you don't even know that it was an air mattress, essentially. Oh, I but get it. What, it's a blanket what that makes other, itself. Yes. Yes, but what other is actually the an air mattress? No, I just what other duvet? It's a duvet cover. So you, you push the duvet. button, and it's like. Poof. And right. then it like deflates. Right. But you have a cover over right. it. So it just looks like your normal blanket. I got it. Yeah. But what, okay, what other idea. than the fact, what other than the fact that the button is in an app makes this smart? Right. It's basically like a Wemo switch. <laughs> the app is just the Wemo Oh yeah. App. Well, the thing is they, hopefully this isn't like I'm giving away some crazy secrets, but they hinted at future developments that perhaps could make it smarter. <laughs> can you it's watching oh my god like how how can it, it be smart <laughs> use your imagination I, I want us Paul. to pivot circuit breaker so that all it does is write about incremental smart debate rumors <laughs> yeah the same way we used to like look at like you know FCC drawings and like oh the battery label is here and it's got this one you know, shape on it. So we think the phone's gonna look like this I want that but for uh, self-making bed blankets yeah like, this one has a slightly bigger it. battery in it. Honestly, they sold me on it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I say, if it's making... kind of baller. You leave the house, like you press up. a button on your app, and your bed is made. And like it has up. a fastener, so it attaches to your top sheet. So all of this can be crumpled Wait, so up. do you have to snap it on? Yeah. I mean, the fastener does seem not so great. but That's the next iterative improvement. <laughs> Smart duvet updated with better fastener tech. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about a bunch of Google stuff. Uh, we got to get through this pretty fast, actually. Uh, Andy Rubin started yeah. Android, started Danger yeah. before that. Yeah. Speaking of old bad phones, which our last episode was entirely about, uh, has a new oh, company. Those phones are great. Come on. The, okay, the anyway, Sidekick? Yeah, it was, like, mm, it was pretty it was cool. Good. In its moment, because it flipped. Uh, well, the Sidekick was the coolest phone. I cannot believe you just went, eh, the Sidekick. It was super eh. <laughs> Let's be real. Okay, we'll talk about this later. I mean, basically, when he started Android, he tried to build another sidekick, and then was like, oh, shit, the iPhone, and, like, changed the whole thing. <laughs> um, 
he has a new company called Essential. They're building a new phone. A bunch of stuff about it leaked to Bloomberg. It appears to be a modular phone of some kind. Which what is we, what what Bloomberg seems to know is it's an early prototype. They seem to want to launch it this year, but they're like still in prototype phase, which is those two things don't add up. Um, supposedly, it has an edge-to-edge screen, a ceramic back, and it could be modular because, uh, I don't know, everybody else thought it was a good idea and then walked away from it, but they, they still want to do it. Um, I guess Motorola is sticking around with it, too. Uh, the one thing we don't know for sure is whether or not it runs Android. It has to run Android. It has to run Android, but right? But what if it like, does do <laughs> It's just like, of all of the people in this industry who understand that they can't make a new operating system to compete with Android, Andy Rubin has to be that guy. Was the sidekick? What if he rolled out and was like, it's Windows Phone! Hip Top. Hip Top OS. Yeah. That's yeah. what the sidekick ran. Yeah. Think real great OS. Dude, loved. by the way, this, I this story, by the way, feels like it's custom designed to appeal to me. Like old phones that every that some that I, I love, but uh, everybody's forgotten about or given up on modular third party, you know, not straight Google, not straight Apple and probably doomed. Like, yeah, this is right. Literally, when I read this article, I was like, <laughs> Dieter is probably freaking out about oh, yeah. this. <laughs> um. I, I hope it works. I just, I don't see his timeline. Like, you got it. Oh, you it, forgot the best part. It's got AI. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> it helps you pick what module you want to use. Ooh, it's like, you yeah. look like you're taking a picture. <laughs> Try attaching the camera. It's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, other Android stuff. Uh, Nougat finally rolling out on Galaxy phones and the S7, yeah. S7 Edge. I will say, and then they're promising it's coming to the S6 stuff this year also. I'm pleasantly surprised at the number of phones that are already able to support day- Daydream. Oh, yeah? Like, like there's a few phones that are getting Nougat that will just support Daydream because they're getting Nougat. That's pretty cool. And that's, that's special. The Daydream. headset's on sale. It's 50 bucks. Yeah. And it's so nice. Yeah. It's fuzzy. Uh, it's great that Samsung's putting this out. I, I have a Nexus 7 tablet, and it's, like, dying. So, like, I should buy another Android tablet. Mm. Uh, you know... You can go on Amazon and you can still buy Android tablets that run 1.5 or 1.6. It's like oh my you God. can sort by it. You're like, what mm-hmm. operating system you want to run? It's not like Android and iOS. It's like Android 1.6, Android 2.0, 2.2, 2.3. It's garbage. Most of Samsung's tablets uh, still running Marshmallow or Lollipop. Yeah. It's like a real, real disaster. What, like, uh, what Android tablet are you? Are you gonna get? You should buy. Uh, you should buy the Vizio uh, remote. Is what you should get. Did, well, I it's might like buy a Vizio TV tablet. just to get the tablet. Like, <laughs> it, like it kind of makes sense. Like I don't. I, I only need this thing to like send Netflix to my Chromecast. Did Google, I might as well just buy the whole TV and the tablet and get it all? Did Google give up on tablets? I haven't heard a peep about tablets. Was it Marshmallow supposed to be all good for tablets, Cedar? Uh The. Google's attempt to make Android good for tablets started with Honeycomb, oh, as yeah. you recall. Yeah, yeah. The, the Zoom. Um, that thing was great. The Zoom. And then Can later I tell the you Zyboard. what I'm obsessed with, by the way, with the Samsung Galaxy View, which runs Lollipop, but it's basically, have you ever seen this thing, Ash? Mm-hmm. It's like a 21-inch tablet. Oh, wow. <laughs> it has a stand. Oh. Every time I see one in Best Buy, I'm like, I should buy that. <laughs> and I don't know why. Like, it's basically just a small TV. The whole point is it'll run TV apps. But I'm like, what if I had a huge Android tablet? Like the most Here's, enormous Android tablet. 
Here's what I will say about Android tablets. In order for an Android tablet to work, it has to have apps that are good at uh, tablet screen size and almost no Android apps are good at a tablet screen size. However, there is a huge install base of Chromebooks coming that are going to work with Android apps that uh, can be dynamically resized in NuGet. And if Google is actually successful with the Chromebooks, it could mean the return of uh, an Android tablet because it will the, so people will finally start making apps that work at that screen size. But what that if is, I had I an 18-inch Samsung tablet that ran Android 5 that had <laughs> that had a 2-megapixel camera. <laughs> there's got to be millions of people out there. It's not like there's no install base it's for such like... such a ridiculous product. There's no, it's not like there's no install base for like Fire tablets. There's a reason to make an Android app for a tablet. Yeah, but nobody, there's tons nobody of reasons pays for tablets. Nobody pays for apps on them. Ah. Right? So there's, there's, not a, there's no reason to develop uh, software for that screen size because if you want to make money on an app on Android, you need the insane volume that you get on phones. The so volume on tablets is not as insane. Yeah. But so you think just Chrome, no incentives the, the volume of Chromebooks is that much higher than... Fire uh, I think that the it probably is, and even if it's not, the usage of uh, Chromebooks in situations where you'd want quality apps is way higher than on Fire tablets. On Fire tablets, you just you get it, you open up Amazon Video, or you open up the Kindle app, or you maybe use a web browser. Right. You play like some crappy Bejeweled style game um, that you get for free from Amazon's underground app store, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then you go on with your day, right? Uh, but if if there if if the Android stuff on Chromebooks and maybe Chrome tablets, who knows, actually gets used and people want to see more of it, that will probably have a better chance of spurring enough demand to get people to make decent Android apps at that screen size than Android tablets, which like, honestly, like they were only successful because they were cheap and they had like medium sized yeah. screens. No, and they run Netflix and Netflix kids, which is all people really want. That's why, right. that's why Amazon's yeah. tablets are successful. Okay. Because right. they... You can run Netflix on them, and you can run Amazon kids stuff on them, and kids just like watch tons and tons of stuff. I'm into this timeline. Yeah, Chromebook saving. What if Android I said tablets. Chromecast tablet? The problem with Chromecast is, are you casting to or are you casting from? <laughs> this episode of the Vergecast is brought to you by Squarespace <laughs> and Paul's existential Chromecast <laughs> dilemma. Uh, whether you're planning to start a business, change careers, launch a creative project in the new year, which is this year, tackle your next move, do it all with Squarespace. Widely used by all kinds of people and businesses, Squarespace gives you the ability to create an online platform from which you can make your latest goals into a reality. This ad's really tied into New Year's resolutions. So whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, all included in your Squarespace website. Plus, you get a unique domain experience, not just a name, a domain experience, that's fully transparent, simple setup. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse, and there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. But if you do have questions... Turn to Squarespace award-winning 24-7 customer support for help, no matter how technical or trivial seeming your problem may be. So start your free trial today at squarespace.com. You enter offer code VERGE, you get 10% off your first purchase. That's VERGE, that's the offer code, VERGE, for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I love it. I want to do a whole story on the Squarespace tagline, people. Yeah. They're just yeah. throwing them up on the wall. I love it. All right. We got to talk about the Switch. I was wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Theater's very excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ashley, are you going to buy a Nintendo Switch? Uh, no, but yeah. I'm very excited for everyone. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is exciting. 
kidding. I like Mario. Ah. Mario is the only game. Mario Sunshine is the only game in my entire life I have played start to finish. Wow. So the Mario game, we just we just need to point this out and move on as quickly as possible. It's an open world game set in a city named New Donk City. <laughs> it's Donkey right. Kong, right? Yeah, New yeah. Donk City. But it's that's not coming at launch, right? Huh? The Mario game's no, not at launch. No, no. Well, that's the big problem. Like, I thought the event itself was really, really good. It was super fun to watch. It was super entertaining. Uh, it built up hype really, really well. It had really good beats. Um, the event was so good that we, by the time we got to the end, the thing that was in the back of your mind going, huh, should have been the thing that crippled the entire event, which is their launch lineup is The Legend of Zelda, 1-2 Switch, and some stuff. And like, that's not a good launch lineup. <laughs> no. Yeah. Also, Paul was right. Paul, Paul talk about the, the graphics. graphics. I know you want to talk about the graphics. Well, I do want to. I do want. I know you pointed it out already, but I want everybody to know that I was right. Yeah, you're right. Last week, yeah. Eli and Dieter were wrong. I was. I was wrong. And I was right. It's no, three. I was. I. I. I said if it was priced over such and such, it would be bad, and it wasn't. Uh, so there you go. I said four hundred dollars. Paul said three hundred dollars. I believe. Yeah. Came in at two ninety nine. All right. All right. Three hundred dollars. Two ninety nine. March third. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super mad about this, and I kind of saw it coming, but I just assumed that because they reported that the console outputs 1080p, I assumed that Nintendo could make Zelda work at 1080p. Yeah. But they can't. (laughs) (laughs) And it's 900p, 30 frames per second. And it's just like, this is is really old hardware in here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an iPad. It's it's basically a, it's a, it's a glorified uh, Nvidia Shield, right? Right. Does it? Do we know if it runs Android yet? We, uh, everyone, right? The Don't basic know. assumption, but no one knows. Right. Yeah. It's I probably Android right underneath here. somewhere. But you're saying it's basically a, a tablet. Yeah, it's a tablet. Like, and 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 because it's a I tablet with out, the most famous game developer of all behind it. Because it Nintendo. is a tablet. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's a tablet. <laughs> Oh, Wait, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on. Why is it a tablet? <laughs> it's a tablet. But it's, not, but it's not like next year's tablet. Right. You know, and it's not an iPad Pro. I, I'm guessing if you ran like straight benchmarks, like it's but probably. But the iPad Pro costs like $900. Yeah, I'm just saying. Right. It's not the uh, best you can get in a tablet. When right. I want to get the Nintendo Switch 2, am I going to be able to buy just the upgraded tablet, but use the same dock and Joy-Con controllers? Oh, that would be a thing. Uh-huh. I mean that's that's what basically both Microsoft and Sony are doing, right? They're just revving their hardware. Yeah. Hmm. Just saying. Hmm. What if you just mm. stick another tap? What if they're like screw it by an iPad? <laughs> <laughs> that's a move. All right, Paul. You have other thoughts here? I mean, not a lot. The biggest news was the price. I, I'm extremely excited for this Mario game because, I, like, I mean, I I think Super Mario Sunshine is a wonderful game. And then like, I mean, Galaxy's good, but it has some sort of motion gimmicks, right? Mm-hmm. That like, you know, are a little off-putting to me. It's not a deal breaker. And then for the Wii U, they didn't ever make a real Mario game. They made 3D, they made a bunch of 2D games because those are just cash for Nintendo. That's yeah. just so easy for them. And then they made like 3D Land or 3D World or whatever it's called, which is like, almost a mario game but like kind of a half a platform like half of a 2d platformer mixed with the 3d exploration it's not the real mario experience just the way mario moves and he does the the double jumps and the back flips and the wall jumps and 
Are you just describing jumps now? <laughs> yeah. Well, he <laughs> can jump on his hat. He can huh? jump on his hat and move through New Donk City yeah, by jumping yeah, on his yeah, hat. Yeah. Throws his hat forward, and then it spins in place, and then you jump on it. Imagine the yeah. possibilities. <laughs> it's a I, 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 I really think, I think Mario 64, like, like I'd love to watch like Mario 64 speed runs, and I played like most of the game. I've never finished it, but it's a really great game. But there, there's something like really primal about that game that like it takes this physics system basically, and it just tries everything it can with this. Like, can you slide? Can you jump? Can you hop onto this thing? How can you fast? Can you move through here? And it's just like it's just so pure and delicious video gameness, right? Do you think? Can that... I tell you that I'm worried about Legend of Zelda because everybody says it's basically Skyrim but Zelda, and I don't I don't want Skyrim. I want I want Zelda. Like I need that I need that plot wagon. I like I like those rails. I I like that Zelda lets you go off the rails a little bit, but um, that whole like progression of you get this item will let you into this dungeon, which lets you get this item will let you into that dungeon. Like it's there's something comforting about like being directed through the world that. Um, I don't know how much they're moving away from it in the new Zelda, and I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to play it. I'll be like, oh, this is just like any other RPG, except yeah. it's Zelda, just- and it's too much work. Like, I don't, I don't want to learn how to like make recipes. Like that, that's some, that's some Skyrim shit. I don't need that yeah. shit. Like that's some By the Elder way, but I will shit. Say, don't need it. If you're in the market to start a new website, grindinwithlink.com mm-hmm. is like a great no. name, or mm-hmm. like a skater series. I'm actually yeah. concerned about the game for the opposite reason. I, l- I would like there to be more Skyrims in the world, and I'm scared it will be complicated enough, and it will be like Skyrim for babies. <laughs> well, okay. only one of you is going to win. It's true. All right, Ashley, we're going to wrap up, but I feel like we haven't heard. Uh, give me some stuff. What happened to you this week? Uh, I mean, this week kind of, I was. I don't know. I, this week was quiet. Yeah. I Wait, like. I know what happened. Involves salad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Every now and again, it's like increasingly obvious to me that Paul and Ashley spend a lot of time together, and like code word salad just happened to this podcast. Uh, I'm ahead. testing a smart garden at home, oh and God. I had my first harvest. <laughs> <laughs> and I made pesto, and I also you wait, wait you made smart garden pesto. I made pesto from my base. That's, my basil. That's pretty and, awesome. And um, I also harvested lettuce and created a salad. Nice. And Paul saw it. Yeah, the <laughs> pesto looked, I mean, don't look at pesto in a bag, is my tip. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't have Tupperware because I'm not that much of an adult, so I put everything in Ziploc bags. But would you say it was good? It was a Oh, flavorful? it was great. I felt like I learned so much about plants. <laughs> 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 it would be great for kids. All right. Fair. <laughs> uh, I don't want to tease this, but I know you're, you're writing... Something cool about AirPods. You wore AirPods a little bit today. I did. I wore them Lightning for the first time ever. Okay. When you asked me if I liked them, I was like, I like these actually because I was hating on them. And then after literally 25 minutes, my ears started hurting and I couldn't have them in anymore. Really? I don't think it's Ooh. a fit for me. I have a weird bone or something in there. Huh. I mean, the whole thing is like you keep them in all the time. Talk to Siri. Yeah. Not going to work like a for me. cool person. Yeah. I wish they just had like some padding. I'm sure there's going to be a weird AirPod accessory market, and it's going to be... <laughs> the gel. But there is something about... Uh, Apple is the the company with the temerity to believe that everybody has the same ears. 
I just don't fit yeah, Apple's do prescription of a human. When they did, when they announced the ear pods, there was a Johnny Ive video that's like, we measured every ear in the world, mm-hmm. and I've designed these. And if your ears had gone, then death will take you and evolution will move us forward. Like, it was like a very dark video. By the way, if we could get Johnny Ive to say death will take you, yeah. like, that would be my ringtone. I don't know. It's, it's dark. I understand. I believe it. Do you think Apple designs for the literal compromise or do they design for the evolutionary perfect humans? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, like soon... these, are, these work great on X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's it. That's our show. We'll be back next week. I want to thank my friends at Crizal No Glare Lenses for sponsoring us today. For glasses, you know, fingerprints, watch scratches, glares, can be constant obstruction of vision, huge distraction. Just buy the Crizal no glare lenses. Just do it. Uh, they're at Crizal.com, C-R-I-Z-A-L.com. Start living life in the clear. There's a bunch of other stuff you should listen to. Walt and I do Control-Alt-Delete. It comes out on Thursdays. Uh, we talked a lot about ads this week. Verge Extras heating up. We're doing a bunch of experiments. So Ashley did one with Caitlin and Lizzie about Tinder. You should listen to that one. Yes. Ben just did a new one called Listening to Machines to Understand Why They Break, which is really cool. So that's on Verge Extra's feed. Lauren Good, who's often on the show, does Too Embarrassed to Ask. Kara Swisher does Recode Decode. Peter Kafka does Recode Media, which is one of my faves. All this is on iTunes. Go listen to them. Consume no other media. Mm-hmm. And then rate them highly. That's your assignment for this week. <laughs> that's the Vergecast. Cut through the night. Rock and roll. Don't forget to vote. Paul. Paul. It's over, man. I know. I know. <laughs>